what's up, everybody? I'm Bob Walters. Welcome to the Locked Up Sports Weekend Wrap-Up Show, where we give you everything that happened in the last two days over the weekend and get you ready for your work week, which starts tomorrow, a long holiday weekend. Brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek, a better place to get tickets. Enter the promo code Locked Up Sports for $20 off your order. We'd also like to welcome everybody listening on Amazon in the Super Fan Zone collection. This is our first week on there. Welcome to the show. Thanks for finding us. Thanks for tuning in. And we had a wild weekend. Wild college football. Rangers blowing things all over the place. And... The NFL, which didn't look like a good schedule, it did, when you looked at the games earlier in the week, it did not look like a good you know, batch of games today, and it turned out to be pretty decent. The best one might be going on right now, Philadelphia and Green Bay, what I can tell you about that, as I'm recording here over around 10 o'clock, it's tied at 20, about to go to halftime, but we will start with the big news of the day right here in this area, in the New York area. And that is the legend of Mike White as it grows even larger. And I think he got himself the job now for the rest of the season as he leads the Jets to a 31-10 to win over the Bears. A Bears, who didn't, a Bears team that did not have their starting quarterback. A Bears team whose backup quarterback got hurt in warm-ups but did play. And he played, he played all right in the first half. But the story of today's game was Mike White. And the numbers that I'm going to read to you right now, they're just a little bit better than Zach Wilson had last week in New England. Mike White, 22 of 28, 315 yards, three touchdowns. He, he seems to have even turned around Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is now the biggest Jets supporter, biggest Jets leader in that clubhouse, if you listen to his comments. This is Jets football. This is how we were supposed to play. I mean, give me a break. You know, I'll get, I'll get to that in a little bit. Give me a break with that. He wanted to be traded, and now he's, you know, rah-rah for the team. But first and foremost, we got to start here with Mike White. And I think whether it was against the Bears, a bad Bears team or not, it was a hell of a performance. The backup quarterback is always the most popular guy in town, especially when a team's struggling, especially the week that a team loses. You know, if it's not like a legendary quarterback on the team. Everybody's already calling for the backup quarterback. And that's what was happening here. And with the comments that Zach Wilson made after the game last week, he made it nice and easy for Robert Sala to make the switch, go to Mike White, and he did not disappoint. He started the game right off the bat, right down the field. It was raining. It's a tough place to throw. MetLife is a windy place. It's not as windy as Giant Stadium used to be, but it is windy. The wind swirls in there. It was windy, it was raining, it was a wet ball, and he had no issues. Picked apart the Bears secondary all day. Started right off the bat, right down the field for a touchdown. Simeon went back the other way and scored a touchdown for the Bears, who played well in the first half. The Bears kept themselves in the game, but the Jets you know, eventually pulled away. And they now find themselves at 7-4 and four with two big games, two tough games ahead of them. They got the, the Vikings next week followed by a trip to Buffalo. And the Jets are one game out of first place, 7-4. and four. New England is 6-5, and five, so the Jets are back ahead of New England with New England losing to Minnesota on Thanksgiving. So, you know, we got, we got a 
The Jets get themselves right back into the playoff conversation is what they did here. They were hold, kind of holding on for dear life going into this game. I think we expected the Jets to win this game. I think they did exactly what they were supposed to. But because the backup quarterback came in and had a game like he did, now I think the quarterback controversy is put to rest at least for a couple weeks. Now, if he goes out and throws stinkers in the next two games against Minnesota and Buffalo, it could be back on the table. The Zach Wilson could be back on the table. But I think if he goes out there and he plays well, if they even if they lose two games and he plays well in both of them, I think he's the quarterback for the rest of the season. So I don't think you have to worry about Zach Wilson coming back. Um, he he seemed to be sulking a little bit on the on the sideline, Zach Wilson, that is. But, you know, nothing noticeable, nothing really to talk about. Elijah Moore, two catches, a touchdown. Garrett Wilson had five catches, nearly 100 yards for it, and two touchdowns. And, I mean, listen, if it's so, if somehow, some way, Mike White goes in and wins these next two games, oh, forget it. Forget it. This place, I mean, you know, the Jets fans are so hungry for a winner. They're so hungry for a playoff team. They're close. They can taste it. And let's see. We'll see if Mike Wilson can get you to the promised land. Hey, you never know. Maybe he's your guy. Right? Maybe maybe he's the guy. I know he's a fourth-round pick, but hey, listen. There have been fourth-round picks that have emerged as good quarterbacks in this league. Everybody wants to say Brady, you know, the sixth-round pick. He's not Brady, all right? Let's calm down. But there have been other quarterbacks that were late-rounders that are, are good, were good players in this league. And the Jets have a playoff-caliber defense. So if they can just get a quarterback not to lose the games for them, and then this performance would, you know, he won the game for them today. I'm not saying today was one of those performances. But if they can get a serviceable quarterback in here, doesn't turn the ball over, can make the throws, plays well, then the Jets have a chance. It's a wide-open league this year. You know, there's a couple teams there that are head and shoulders above everybody. Kansas City, I think Buffalo still. But a lot of teams came back down to earth. And, hey, listen, the Jets are in third place. They're one game out of first. I think Miami has now emerged as the best team in the AFC East. I think they have. I think uh, Tua is, you know, he's right there for an MVP you know, he's, he's at least in the conversation, and he might win it if the Dolphins can somehow pull out this division. But, um, it, listen, the Jets, they found, they found a quarterback now. I think you could put the Zach Wilson thing to rest for a couple weeks at least. Nothing crazy, but for a couple weeks, Mike White's your quarterback going forward. I don't think Zach Wilson comes back into the conversation unless there's two terrible games in the next two weeks by Mike White. Now, I don't see it happening. He's a good, he's a good player. He seems to handle the pressure. He seems to have a good time out there. He makes all the he can make all the throws. He has a good head on his shoulder. He seems to read the defenses all right. He's played well. He had that one real bad game against Buffalo last year. But hey, you know, enjoy while you have it, Jets fans. Enjoy it. Maybe Mike White's the guy. Maybe he's not. But hey, you're seven and four. You're a game out of first place. You're post Thanksgiving. And you got a good shot at making the playoffs. Jets are going to need to surprise in one, in probably one or two of these games. Next week is going to be a huge game. It's going to be a wild scene.
So the Jets, 31-10 winners. They are 7-4. They beat the Bears. Um, the game of the week, like I said, it might be this one that's going on right now between the Packers and the Eagles in Philly. That one just went to half. But the game of the week during the day today was Jacksonville. And I told you a couple weeks ago that Trevor Lawrence was going to be a, a big player in this league. He's got a big arm. And he, he today was his best game yet. Today was his best game to date so far. Trailing in the game in the final minutes, got the ball, their own their own, you know, deep in their own zone, two timeouts, and Trevor Lawrence went right down the field on the Ravens. On the Ravens defense, which is a good defense. Trevor Lawrence went right down the field, scored a touchdown with I think it was seven seconds left. Guy made a great catch on the on the sideline in the end zone. And then they went for two, and they got it. The two-point conversion, Trevor Lawrence was hitting his receivers. He had a couple third-down conversions, a third and eight, a third and seven on that final drive. You know, Lamar Jackson even, even there was, I believe it, it might have been 17 seconds left. But when they scored, when they got the two-point conversion to go up 28-27 on the Ravens, Lamar Jackson actually got them in, I mean, I guess if you could call a field goal range. They tried a 67-yard field goal. And it it was online. I thought it was good when he hit it. But it fell just short. So this was the signature moment for Trevor Lawrence. This was his big moment. Right down the field. The two-point conversion. And a great call by the coach to go for two there. You really got nothing to play for. You're three and seven. You know, your quarterback just went right down the field. It'd be so demoralizing for them to go down the field, get that touchdown, lose in overtime. So you know what? You put it on his shoulders. Let him... Let him win or lose the game. He's your best player. And he took him home and won the game. So a great, great call there for go, to go for two. And like I said, Baltimore had a 67-yard field goal. Missed it by about a yard. It might have been good from 66. It wasn't good from 67. It was short. Um, in other games, you got the Chargers. Herbert with a big game, with a, another last-minute drive down the field, beat the Cardinals 25-24. to That was a big win for the Chargers. Herbert with 35-47 of 47 for 274 and three touchdowns. 35-47. of 47. So, I mean, the Chargers, the Chargers throw the ball all over the field. I, I said last year I thought he would be the best, play, the best quarterback, maybe an MVP by this year. He hasn't had a great year. They don't have a great team, but when he's your quarterback, you know you could, you got a chance. You got a chance to win the game. And Justin Herbert did that. He put him right down the field. They won the game. There were two overtime games today. Brady loses in overtime to the Browns, twenty three seventeen. Brady and the Bucks. That whole division is terrible. The entire division is under five hundred. Someone's getting a home playoff game out of there, and they might be an under five hundred team. It might be one of those years. Every once in a while, you get one of those years where you get a a division winner that you know under five hundred, eight and eight, or seven and nine. I guess there's an extra game this year, but under five hundred, they win. You know, so that that might be that the NFC South might be the under five hundred home playoff game, and that'll be later down the road. Everyone will be bitching and moaning about that because they always got a problem with it. Why did they get a home playoff team? Why is their team with eleven wins having to play on the road? Because they win the division. 
I still think the Bucks are probably the favorites in that division. We'll see. Nobody can get out of their own way in that South division, the NFC South. So the Bucks lose in overtime to Cleveland, 23-17. The other overtime game was Geno Smith and Seattle. And Pete Carroll are coming back down to earth a little bit. They lose to the Raiders in overtime. Jacobs with a big game for the Raiders. He won it on a 90-yard touchdown run right up the gut to the house. Raiders finally get another, finally get a win. You know, you were kind of feeling bad for Carr there for a little bit. He got hurt early in the game. He came right back. He played very well. But Jacobs was the star, the running back. Jacobs was the star for the Raiders. A 92-yard run for the win. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Redskins win. They beat Atlanta 19-13. They are now 7-5. and five. You know, so the NFC East, again, is tightening up a little bit. You know, it's 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 going to be tight. It's a very it's a league that's kind of you know it's very a lot of mediocre teams. You know, besides really Kansas City, Miami. You know, I mean, there's really not any dominant teams. People were saying, I know Brett. Brett was saying San Francisco. Brett was saying San Francisco the other day that San Francisco could go to the Super Bowl. I don't see San Francisco being able to go to the Super Bowl. Oh, hold on. Mike fell down there. You know, Brett was saying San Francisco. I said Miami. Um, the Packers are playing well. Philadelphia is obviously head and shoulders above everybody. But, hey, you know. Your division leader in the AFC East, like we said, is the Dolphins. The Ravens, even with the loss, still lead the division there in the north. The Bengals are tied with them. Seven and, both are at 7-4. and four. Cleveland and Pittsburgh are games back, so it's going to be between those two teams. 7-4 Ravens, 7-4 Bengals. And the Bengals got a big win today as well. So the Ravens lost. The Bengals win. They win into Tennessee and, and beat Tennessee 20-16. Again, another drive down the last couple minutes. Cincinnati right down the field wins the game. Tennessee, that was a big loss for Tennessee, but they are still in first place. Tennessee's in a weak division. There's a lot of weak divisions. The AFC South is another weak division. Tennessee's got a two game a three game lead in that division, two in the loss column, and they're at seven and four. Kansas City running away with their 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 division. They're nine and two. They beat up on the Rams today. The Rams are just no good. I said it last week. I said the Rams are probably the worst defending Super Bowl team I've ever seen. They are just terrible. Now, they're hurt. They're banged up. The quarterback didn't play today. But they are just terrible team. So, they, you know, and then you got... So, the AFC West is Chiefs running. They got a three-game lead. The Raiders, 4-7. and seven. The Broncos are terrible. The Broncos lost today. So, it's a very mediocre league. And... That leaves room for teams like the Jets. You have a good defense like the Jets have. You could make some noise in the playoffs. So we'll see. We'll see what they could do. We'll see what they, you know, we'll see. Listen, split these next two games against Minnesota and Buffalo, and then come back and we'll talk playoffs. The Giants losing on Thanksgiving to the Cowboys. The Giants are slipping a little bit. I don't know if the Giants 
are going to be able to hold on and right the ship. We will see. You know, they play, they play the rest of the division going forward here these next couple weeks, too. Washington and then the Eagles. They got to win next week. The Giants got to win in, against Washington next week. And then the Eagles, you know, hey, you never know. Listen, nobody thought the Packers would hang with the Eagles. They got to, you know, they're right with them here at halftime. So it'll be an interesting couple weeks as week 12 comes to an end tomorrow. Steelers in Indianapolis against the Colts. Not a very good Monday night game. I mean, I guess you got the Jeff Saturday thing going on. He had his first loss last week. We'll see what he could do. You know, should be able to beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a you know a rebuilding team. They're trying to get their act together. Pittsburgh will be back. Pittsburgh will be back in what? You watch. Next year, two years max, Pittsburgh will be right back because that's the kind of organization they are. So the Jets win 7-4. and four. Yesterday, it was rivalry weekend for the college kids and the college football, and everything got thrown into a mess. Four of the top ten teams lost. Let's start with Ohio State-Michigan, the big game. Ohio State got blown out in the second half. They ended up losing 45-23. Michigan is in. Georgia is in. I think both can lose their conference championships next week. I don't think either will. But let's just, you know, for the sake of argument, they can both lose and they will still be in. Those two spots are secure. As far as the other two spots, who the hell knows? You got a three-loss team playing in the SEC championship with LSU. You got Bama, who's got, who's, uh, you know, Bama blew out Auburn in the Iron Bowl. They're, not, they're ranked seventh. I think they could move up to sixth. Clemson lost. They're out. Oregon at nine lost. They're out. USC beat up on Notre Dame in the night game. So, listen, it could be any number of teams. Michigan and Georgia, I think, are in. As far as the other two spots go, I think if LSU can beat Georgia, they're in. I think USC can get in with a win over Utah. And who knows, you know, you get a couple teams losing, you know the committee's dying to put Alabama in there. They'd love to have Alabama. They want more than one SEC team because that's going to bring eyeballs to the televisions. And that's what they, that's ultimately, that's what they care about. The NCAA, you know, they're money hungry. They'll do anything for a buck. So, there's that. The game of the day, game of the day was probably the UCFU South Florida game. UCF opened up a, like a 31 to 3 lead. And the game was over. It looked like a blowout. You know, they're 22 in the country. They're going to they're gonna blow them out. And then South Florida came storming back. Kick returns, punt returns, turnovers. Before you knew it, South Florida had a lead in the game. And then, you know, and then, uh, and then the very end, UCF scored a touchdown with no time left, with like 10 seconds, 20 seconds left. To beat them 41-39, a wild one there. And Texas A&M is another one. I didn't even mention it. I mentioned LSU, but they lost to Texas A&M. 
So actually, now I'm looking at it here. I forgot that LSU lost. LSU 5, yeah, if they beat Georgia, they'll be in. Do I think they're going to beat Georgia? I, who knows this year? Georgia's clearly the best team. Michigan Michigan has faults, but Michigan is probably clearly the second best team. And then TCU. TCU is going to have to be in. TCU is going to be undefeated. They're Big 12 champions. They ran up 62 points on Iowa State yesterday. The, the, I say the two spots are wide I mean, open because if TCU somehow stumbles and they and they lose, we then they're out. TCU can't get in with one loss. TCU's got to be undefeated. They probably will be undefeated. They will probably get in. They played lights out yesterday. So it's all up in the air in college football. Next week, Georgia, LSU, SEC Championship. Big 10 is Michigan and Purdue. The Pac-12 is UCLA, uh, USC and Utah. Utah's not a bad team. Don't sleep on Utah on that one. I think if you have, you, I, I think your most likely playoff scenario is going to be Georgia 1, Michigan 2, TCU, and then uh, USC. Now, Ohio State, I don't think Ohio State is going to get in. I don't think Ohio State can get in. They don't have any more games left to play. They don't get to showcase in the in the Big Ten Championship. The last thing on the minds of the people voting is a 22-point loss at home in the horseshoe to Michigan. I think Ohio State is out. I think your most likely four is going to be Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. That's probably what's gonna what it's gonna be, and that, you know it's gonna be it'll be interesting. I'm not crazy about college football. I'll, I'll watch next week because it's the conference championships, and because a lot of times these conference championships it's almost meaningless because you got the four teams almost you know all set set in stone pretty much. Because Michigan's not gonna lose to Purdue, I can tell you that much. That much I can tell you. I think LSU can beat Georgia. I don't think they will, but I think they can. They're gonna be they're gonna be pissed about coming off losing in College Station the way they did to a bad Texas A and M team. Texas A and M Texas A and M was way overvalued in the beginning of the season. They opened the season like four or five, and they won like four games. They're not even bowl eligible, but they got a big win last night, thirty eight twenty three over LSU. Notre Dame, not good yesterday for Notre Dame. USC kind of imposed their will on them. Notre Dame kept it close for a little bit into the second quarter. 38-15 was the final. They came, Notre Dame has trouble on offense. You know, if it's not BC, they, they, they have trouble putting points on the board. They struggled against Navy. Notre Dame, not a very good season for Notre Dame, but that's okay. For the Notre Dame fans out there, that's okay. You know, you're switching coaches. You had Brian Kelly leave you for LSU, they'll be all right. Notre Dame will be back. Clemson losing to South Carolina is another one. Clemson's going to be out now. I don't think Clemson can do anything to get themselves back in the conversation. So it'll be an interesting next week. And then, you know, by next week, next, what is it, Tuesday maybe they, they draw them. A week from Tuesday we'll have our four teams in the college playoff. And away we'll go. 
you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. They're going to expand it, I guess, in two years, right? Two years, I think. They're adding two more teams, which would kind of clear things up. But it would also make next week championship weekend not as important as it is. If there were six teams going into this thing, into the playoff, next week's games would not be as important. There wouldn't be as many decent uh, games that mattered. So, you know, you, you kind of you rob from Peter to pay Paul when you add extra teams in the playoffs because you dilute the playoffs, which makes the other things, you know, almost less significant, especially the championship week. Um, Saturday, Saturday, which I guess was yesterday. Saturday, I, w- I, uh, I went to the Rangers game in the afternoon, 1 o'clock. They played Edmonton. The building was jam-packed. It was alive. The Rangers played real well. They came off a mediocre to not very good West Coast trip. They lost to Anaheim, who was just god-awful in the last game of the trip. Anaheim led after two periods in that game. for the first. It was the first time they led after two periods all season, seven weeks into the season. Seven weeks into the season, the win against the Rangers was their first 60-minute win. It's the first time they won a regulation all year, seven weeks. The Rangers, 3 nothing heading into the third period. It kind of just seemed like it was, you know, it was going to, they, they played well. They had allowed, so it could have been 4 this And then, you know, right off the bat, two minutes in, Oilers get a goal. Five minutes later, they get another one. And then you start worrying because as Ranger fans, Ranger fans know we've seen this before this year. This team can't cannot get it going. They can't get traction. And they're slipping with points. And then the Oilers tied it. And once they tied it, you knew it was over. You could find, kind of feel, feel it in the building. They got another late goal. The third goal let in by Shesterkin. The one that tied the game was a bad goal, a wrist shot. It's got to be stopped. It's got to be stopped. And the Rangers gave up four third-period goals. They lose 4-3 to three to the Oilers. And that was the low point of the season so far for the Rangers. They cannot get traction, and they got to get their act together, and they got to get it together fast. They are fifth in the, in the Metropolitan. The Devils have 36 points. They're 9-1 in their last 10. The Islanders have 30 points. They're 7-3 in their last 10. The Rangers are also behind Carolina and Pittsburgh. Rangers have 24 points, and they're 4-4-2 in their last 10. They got the Devils tomorrow night at the Garden. Big game. As far as November or early December, yeah, I guess November. As far as November hockey games go, that's a big one at the Garden tomorrow night because the Rangers really got to get this going. There were people walking out. I mean, they they got booed. They booed them off the ice at the end of the third period, and deservedly so. They deserved every bit of it. You blowing three goal leads like that at home, third period to a not great Oilers team, unacceptable, completely unacceptable. And it's not the first time that they've done it at the Garden. November sixth, they had a two nothing lead. In the second, in the going into the third period against Detroit, another bad team lost three to two. 
just two weeks ago. I was at the game. 3-1 lead going into the third against the Islanders. The Islanders on the second of a back-to-back. Lost 4-3, gave up three third-period goals. Cannot happen. I think this team got a little bit... I think their head, their, their heads got a little big after the run last year. People were, you know, kind of, there were multiple people picking them to win the Stanley Cup. And I think they just kind of thought they could coast their way through the regular season, and you can't. You got to earn it. These other teams get paid too. And the Rangers, after jumping out to a 3 1, 3 0 lead, now they had multiple goals. They had Two goals disallowed. I think they were the right call. I think they should have been disallowed. I think the referees made a right call, but both of them were questionable. Both of the disallowed goals the Rangers got were definitely questionable. It could have went either way. You know, I mean, one of them was an interference. Did the did he get pushed into it into the goalie? I, I, it was questionable. I think what they what they should have did was stayed with the call on the ice. And the call on the ice was goal. So the oil, give the Oilers credit. The coach challenged both of them. He won both challenges. It is what it is. Still no excuse for losing that game and giving up four third-period goals when you're supposed to have the best goalie in the, in the world between the pipes on your end. They were outplayed in the second period. They were outplayed in the third period. Second period, they got lucky. They were outplayed, and they ended up leaving with a 3-0 three, three lead. Could have been 3-2 going into that third period. It was 3 nothing. Instead of saying, okay, we got lucky, let's pick it up, let's play good in the third period, they came out flat, gave up an early goal, and it was just, you know, gained momentum and gained steam, and you could feel it in the building, and the Oilers get out of New York with a 4-3 win. Great win for the Oilers, terrible loss for the Rangers. Plenty of time, though. Plenty of time. NHL goes for a long time. 82 games is a long time. Everybody ready to go back to work tomorrow after this long four-day weekend. I guess today's everybody traveling back right to wherever they they traveled from on Wednesday. Wednesday and today, the biggest travel days of the year. So it is now 1030 on Friday. You'll probably listen to this Monday morning. At work, I would hope, like I said, we'd like to welcome everybody from Amazon listening in the Super Fan Zone collection. We're honored to be in there. We have shows Friday, we drop new episodes, and then with myself and Brett, and then I do a weekend wrap-up. That's what you're listening to right now, usually right around 30 minutes. Nice and easy, nice and quick, just get you caught up on everything that happened if you missed anything. Um, so we're honored, we want to thank Amazon for choosing us. Put us in the collection. Everything like that. Again, we're brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek, a better place to get tickets. Enter the promo code LOCKEDUPSPORTS at checkout. $20 off your order. So, that pretty much does it here for us today. Again, the big story, Mike White. Mike White, the legend, continues. The legend grows. I think he's the quarterback for the rest of the season, barring you know the bottom falling out. And the Jets are right in line to make the playoffs. The Giants, listen, the Giants got to get it together. Giants have been hurt. They've been injured. At this point in the season, everybody's hurt and injured. It's no excuse. You got to go out there and you got to beat the Redskins. And the Redskins are hot. They're 7-4. and four. This is not going to be an easy game. 
The easy games for the Giants are over. Now it's now it's the tough part of the schedule, and now it's money time. Win a couple games, get into the playoffs. Let's see if we get two teams in the playoffs here in New York. Been a long time since we've had that. I, I don't even know when, but I know it's been a long time. Because I can't even remember when it happened last. But we'll be back with you Friday, the USA Soccer World Cup, two, uh, 1 o'clock Tuesday, U.S.-Iran win, and you're through. They played a good game against England on Friday. They hit the crossbar. They had the best scoring chance of the game. Right off the woodwork, right off the top of the crossbar. Beat the goalie with the shot. Suffered a, a, you know, they didn't give up any goals. Ended in a a draw. Draw's okay. Keeps you alive. You want to be alive going into the last game here in the group stage. U.S. is alive going into the last game of the group stage. They control their own destiny. Go out there and beat Iran. And if they do beat Iran, we'll try and get Ryan McGordy on Friday, our soccer analyst. And, you know, if the U.S. can get through the group stage, you'll see this, the, the, the World Cup really pick up steam here in this country. Because the U.S., I mean, last, last World Cup, they didn't make it. They've only been, they've only won, won one, I believe, elimination game in their history. Let's see if we can get a little further this year. So USA on Tuesday, 1 o'clock against Iran, win, and we're through. The Rangers tomorrow night against the Devils. Big game at the Garden. Kind of a measuring stick game. The Devils are running away. You know, the Island doesn't keep it close, but the Devils are running away a bit with this division. You know, the Devils rebuilded. They they rebuilt. And here they are. They're, now they're here. Now they're good. Because they were bad for a couple years. So big game for the Rangers tomorrow. USA 1 o'clock on Tuesday. So that pretty much does it for us here today. We will talk to you on Friday. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Bob Walters. We leave you tonight with some sounds from the weekend that was in the world of sports. Ball's out. Ball is loose. It is scooped. Richardson's going to return it. Touchdown, Aggies. Damani Richardson. Shotgun, looking left, throws left, and it's caught! St. Jones! The Jags go up by one! Play action, J.J. McCarthy lobs it wide open, caught at the 10-5, touchdown, Colston Loveland! 45 yards! Under pressure, back shoulder throw, caught. Cornelius Johnson breaking it, still on his feet. Cornelius Johnson spreading. Touchdown, Michigan, 69 yards. With Gauthier, two on one. Pass to Gauthier, saved by Campbell. Scramble still on for the rebound. Gauthier scores.
Facing pressure, runs out of there, throws against his body. It's... Wait for the signal, caught at the 29. What a grab by Javon Baker. Good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, more. Touchdown, Jets. Mike White, how about him? If you enjoyed the show, make sure to let everyone know by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website at LockedUpSports.net. Remember, you can also find us on your favorite social media site, on Twitter at LockedUpSports, on the gram at Locked underscore up underscore sports. Join our Facebook group, LockedUpSports, or on TikTok at LockedUpSportsShow. Now you can catch all the latest from LockedUpSports anytime. Thanks for listening.